Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. We are at Carnes High today, and it's uh, our privilege to be here. There's a lot going on here at Carnes. In fact, they're playing soccer tonight. We're set up just inside the gate here at the football-slash-soccer field, and we invite you out. Come on out. Get registered for the Ultimate Tailgate Camper as we are a little more than a I mean, we're probably about 10 days away from giving this bad boy away. So two qualifiers from today's registration. If you are facing the back of the stadium, if you drive onto the school property and you're looking at the stadium, enter the gate to the right. And, uh, and that's where you will find us. In fact, that might be the only entrance that you can get into the gate, uh, t- through the gate to the football stadium. But come on in, get registered. Two qualifiers from today's registration, getting closer and closer to the grand prize giveaway. And it's always fun to say hello to Vince Ferrara, our own Vince Sports, who joins us now. Uh, he gives us Vince's views, uh, his blog that he updates several times throughout the course of the week, uh, whether it be VFLs and the NFL. He'll give you his picks for the SEC. Uh, he's got something going on as he is, let's see, 23-1 and over the last two weeks and uh, hitting it at 86% rate the first three weeks of the season and had a much better week two in the NFL as he was 12-4 and four, uh, as opposed to the 9-7 and seven that went up week one with the wild ride that that was. Vince, how are you? I am good, gentlemen. Hope you are. Yes, sir. And uh, we look forward to catching up with a longtime friend of yours and Steve Russell as we'll talk more about Tennessee and Florida. But, Vince, with SEC play now upon us, Tennessee coming off its first win of the season, just where do you think the program is? What have you seen and as far as Tennessee still trying to – yeah, mend everything that was broken in that loss to Georgia State, the uh, the tough loss that was Brigham Young with that really rough ending. And uh, and now Tennessee carries a win against UT Chattanooga. It was supposed to dominate. It did. But it's SEC play. Well, the fact that they did dominate, I think, is a good sign. Doesn't guarantee in, in them anything moving forward. But if you wouldn't have seen that, it would have been pretty meaningful because obviously more alarms would have gone off and it would have been a huge concern headed into this Florida game. So the fact that they were able to fix things and dominate who they're supposed to, I think that's an encouraging sign. Again, different level of competition doesn't guarantee you anything moving forward. Uh, I, you know, the guys seem like they're in pretty good spirits today in, in talking to a number of the players, and I even talked to Marquez Callaway uh, as well today. And all, all those guys, I think, feel confident. They needed some confidence with the way the the Chattanooga game played out. The starters didn't get used to too much to where they accumulated unnecessary snaps in this type of ball game that in years past would would take the residual and impact them late in the year. So that helps you also. And then obviously the Georgia State game you had to play uh you know uh, some of in some positions your starters throughout that game just to to still you know compete in it. So I think there's definitely positives, uh, guys getting critical experience. And, you know, now obviously it's a different, it's a, a whole new challenge. But I, I think I think they're ready for it. Are, are they good enough? I think that maybe is a different question. As far as want to and desire, I, I don't think this, this team is lacking it. The, the question would be uh, is that some key positions, are they good enough? And I think we'll... We'll obviously find that out on Saturday. If you have a question or comment for us to join in the conversation, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince, uh, in regard to the return of Daniel Batuli at linebacker, how much better do you think it makes the defense? 
Well, I think it definitely helps with them. If they don't have to worry as much about getting guys in the right place, I think you can. some of the other guys can play fast. And Batuli kind of alluded to it today in in saying that you know hey I'm you know I'm moving, tapping the guys and putting them in the right position and it it doesn't other guys don't have to worry about that as much Henry Henry Toto I think you saw a little bit of him early in that ball game where in that I think it was the first drive he had a couple of great tackles for for loss and I, I think he's able when he doesn't have all that extra stuff that he can do. But I think it allows him to be more instinctive on the field, which is natural for him. Jeremy Pruitt said earlier and before the season started that hey, football comes easy to him. If he can just play on instincts then and let his athleticism show as a three-down linebacker and not have the mental game of worrying about what everybody else is doing, I think you will see a better Henry Toto and he's already been ultra impressive. Even today when we're talking about him to Batuli, Batuli's like, you see it. <laughs> we knew from day one <laughs> what kind of player he was. So I think that's the biggest thing. It helps everybody get in the right position so they can play faster. But I think the most impact is on Henry T. One of the interesting things that I think in this matchup, Vince, Florida's offensive line isn't very good. Tennessee's defensive line isn't very good. Yeah. So who wins that matchup? Can Florida run it, or will Tennessee stuff the run? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think a lo- there's so many other layers to this. Does does Kyle Trask's presence, does he get, him, get them in maybe some better plays or more efficient plays? Does he get the the offense in better down and distance situations because he doesn't maybe have as many negative plays so does your offensive line thus play better because of the situations they're in in the down and distance and not playing as much behind uh, behind the change as at times they would play with Felipe Franks Franks could make the the splash play to make up for it at times too but I wonder what kind of steadying influence Trask will have on that offensive line. So that's a little different dynamic to that important matchup that you mentioned. And then Jeremy Pruitt, when he was talking about the defensive line yesterday, he pointed out Aubrey Solomon as the guy that he thought was playing the best. And then everybody else was kind of a mixed bag, and they were all very close. I I, I agree that I, I like what I've seen from Solomon overall. He's not the dominant five-star that I think some people may have expected him to look like. But I think Greg Emerson, among all the D linemen, he's a guy that to me is in the middle of plays a a lot more than I think some of the other guys do. Those two guys, Solomon and Emerson, to me, have probably played the best ball. But they're going to need to elevate their game even more, and they're going to need Daryl Taylor to help that D line to, you know whether it's his hands down or standing up, and he needs to impact that Florida offensive line because if you have a guy that's a major threat that can draw attention to that that line, it could make them potentially shaky if he's having one of those big big breakout type of games. So yeah, I, I think that is a key matchup of what looks like weakness versus weakness. Let's get a call from Jim who joins us. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jim. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. You know, now that we've got, I guess, about a quarter of the season in the books, 
when you look at the SEC Eastern Division, we've had some uh, quarterback injuries in this division. How would how would you guys? And I have a hard time trying to rank rank them myself. But how would you guys rank the SEC Eastern Division at this point? What would be your rankings? I would go uh, Georgia, Florida, Missouri. Yep. And then I wouldn't like the, the rest of them. It's kind of like the original theme song to Gilligan's Island. And the rest are here in the SEC East. Where's Marianne wow. in this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's hard I after think it's that. Hard. Um, it's hard to I, do. Um, <clears throat> I would go. Boy, let me. I'm trying to write these down and make sure I don't leave him. I would probably go Kentucky four. They uh, yeah. they really outplayed Florida and lost. Right, I, so, I think that's a good choice. South Carolina five. Yeah, they're and then they're ten- one and two, uh, and Tennessee Vandy. Yeah, because Vandy does not have a win. Vandy does not have a loss to Georgia State, but True. Vandy does not have a win. Of course, they were open last week. Yeah, and I'll I'll give Tennessee a slight nod because at least Tennessee beat Brigham Young, but they did. Vince, how would you? Well, I, I'm sorry. Brigham Young beat uh, USC. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I misstated right. that. So uh, where where would you go with that, Vince? Very close. I I definitely agree on the, the top four in that order. Georgia won. And there's I, just, I said this before the year, there's a bigger gap between Georgia one and Florida two than people think there is. In the I, rankings. In the <laughs> rankings, yeah. Than the rank, yeah, yeah. Yes. So Georgia one, gap, Florida two, then Missouri three, and then, uh, and uh, yeah, Missouri three. And then that's when you, you, the Kentucky and the South Carolina. I would agree with you that I would put Kentucky ahead of South Carolina right now. Long term, though, I, I think South Carolina, even though they have a very difficult schedule, I think they played Alabama pretty tough. That's that's obviously a different a different beast up you're going up against. But uh, I think South Carolina can get some wins this year. It, it, Kentucky obviously has a more manageable schedule, so maybe it'll end up that way. And then Tennessee and Vandy, yeah, it's it, it, honestly I know people would say, well, Tennessee's better. We thought they were going into the year. <laughs> honestly, neither one of them has done anything to separate themselves so i put them very very close and you can toss them up right now are you guys surprised the way some of the backups uh, backup quarterbacks have played uh, like at south carolina or even uh the kid at kentucky uh i thought you know handled himself pretty well the other night and obviously trask had a heck of a fourth quarter um what's your impression of the backup quarterbacks how they performed yeah, I, I like what I've seen from those guys. Helinski didn't surprise me really because uh, them he had a really good spring, looked great in the spring game. There was some talk that, hey, if Jake Bentley struggles early in the year, maybe he could lose his job to Helinski. And Helinski is the second highest ranked quarterback recruit, signee, I should say, at South Carolina ever behind only Steven Garcia. 
from Jefferson High School, my alma mater in Tampa. We're famous for Stephen Garcia, and that's about it. Um, so, uh, no, there's a lot of big... Vince Ferrara. A, lot of, a number couple of... Couple, two, three. Couple, two, three, uh, really good uh, MLB players also. But yeah. um, there, there, there was a lot of talk about Helinski to begin with. You know, uh, Smith at, uh, at Kentucky... He's a transfer, so he's an older guy with some more experience, but didn't know if he was going to perform that way. And then Kyle Trask has been hasn't been able to beat out Felipe Franks. And the way Franks finished the year last year, you, you didn't he didn't really have an opportunity to take that job from him. They have Emory Jones there, who is is so inconsistent as a passer. He's more of a running type of threat, in my opinion, at least at this point. So yeah, Trask looked looked fantastic. I think that's actually going to make it more difficult for Tennessee because he's efficient and steady as opposed to big ups and big downs that you got with Franks. And I just love playing against backup quarterbacks. (laughs) Guys, I appreciate your thoughts. Have a good afternoon. You too, Jim. Jim. Our guest, Vince Ferrara with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. We're here at Carnes High School. We're set up just inside the gate here at the football stadium. Come on in. Get registered for the Ultimate Tailgate Camper. We're, give, we're giving away the grand prize a week from Saturday. We'll have two qualifiers from today's registration. Tonight, it's Carnes Soccer in action on their home field, so you can uh, enjoy that match at 7. But come on out. Get registered here for the Ultimate Tailgate Camper as you listen to Sports Talk on The Sports Animal. Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. This is Sports Radio WNML. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, as he joins us for hour number two of Sports Talk this afternoon. We're at Carnes High School. Vince joins us from the studio. And to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900, that puts you on Sports Talk. Vince, I know you keep up with VFLs in the NFL. I saw Shy Tuttle getting some snaps for the Saints yeah, uh, over the weekend against the Rams. That's right. He didn't start this time as he, he had an opportunity because of injuries and a suspension to start the opener. But uh, he did get some snaps. And... It was a rough day, obviously, for for the Saints, but he is still in that rotation. And uh, also Kyle Phillips made his NFL debut. He was inactive for week one. He, like Shai Tuttle, both of them undrafted free agents that made the 53-player roster, and he got his first opportunity for playing time, and he had a couple of tackles in last night's uh, absolutely thrilling uh, Jets-Browns game on uh, on Monday Night Football. So, yeah, good for both of those guys. I couldn't turn the dial off fast enough. <laughs> um, and uh, ask you ask about the East Division from Jim earlier. Uh, in the West, what surprised you the most in the SEC? Well, I'm not surprised by LSU and how good they are. Some people may be, but I am not. Uh, Mississippi State losing to Kansas State surprised me. I, that I didn't have that. Um, I, I I thought Mississippi State, if if nothing else while they're still trying to figure some things out, that they would be bigger, stronger, more physical at the line of scrimmage in Kansas State. And that didn't appear to be a, any sort of big advantage for Mississippi State. So that surprised me. Everything else, Jimmy, has been kind of on script. I, you know, Auburn, you've seen them. It, they peaked against Oregon, but then in some of their other games, they've kind of played down to their competition 
and so I, I that there's still a little bit of an unknown. Love their the game with Texas A and M this Saturday between those two ranked teams. I think we'll learn a lot a lot about both of those. A and M has been about what you thought. They look impressive, except when they're playing an elite team like a Clemson that they they already played, and you know they've got the challenges like uh, Alabama and Georgia still to come for in LSU for for A and M. So I think that's who they are. They look great unless they're playing the elite and they're they don't win against the elite because they're just not there yet. And, and you know, I, obviously, I think Ole Miss has had their struggles. Arkansas as well. Uh, Alabama maybe that they're they don't look as good running the football and at the line of scrimmage. Those are areas that eventually they'll probably have to fix. But right now they can still just absolutely run circles around people because of, of how dynamic they are in, in so many other areas. So really not a ton of shockers in the West. Is there anything that surprises you, Jimmy? A little bit. Uh, LSU, because I had heard many, many times they were going to open up the offense and throw it around the park, and they never did. Now, most of that was under less miles. So they are throwing it and throwing it more efficiently than I would have thought. I didn't see Joe Burrow going out there and throwing for over 400 yards against Texas and a receiver getting over 200. So they're, they're throwing the ball better than I thought and more often than I thought. Otherwise, I thought they'd have a really good team. I, I just I just wasn't. I had to I had to see it to believe it when I heard all this thing about, we're going to open up that attack, but they've, they're throwing it well. They're doing a really good job. So that one slightly surprised me. I guess the fact that they haven't been better, or maybe they haven't needed to or chosen to, they haven't been better running the football, haven't really seen breakouts by – uh, by the five-star Emory or, you know, uh, they, they just haven't been yards per carry, just hasn't been that great for LSU or for Alabama. I thought they would be, and I, I thought they'd be better defensively also than they've shown, but, you know, they're they're still so good off. And they've become Alabama almost. You know, they're, <laughs> they're throwing it around so good that they can overcome some other deficiencies in, in other areas. Pretty crazy. Well, what there's? I wonder what the odds would have been that at any point in this season, Joe Burrow would be the favorite to win the Heisman. I saw him as number one list on some poll the other day, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, well, the thing on that, Jimmy, is is that Hunter Lawrence. I think he has five touchdowns and five interceptions. As much hype as you get, you can't win the Heisman with as many picks as 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 TDs. That's true. Well, Joe Namath proved you can get in the Hall of Fame with more picks than TDs. <laughs> Hall of Fame is a little different, j <laughs> But he's got a Hall of Fame hair, and he may be well on his way to a Hall of Fame career. But, uh, but no, and, and so, Jimmy, who do you think is the most complete team in the SEC? Who, who's looked the best in the SEC so far? It's hard for me to get away from Alabama, but Georgia's look really good. Uh, I want to see Georgia play a little bit better competition. Yeah. They did a nice job of shutting down Vanderbilt with the new quarterback. But I, I want to see them play better teams. But I would lean slightly toward Alabama. They dismantled Duke. They and South Carolina scored a late garbage touchdown. But South Carolina kind of went, you know, did a little bit better than I thought they might against Alabama. But it would be Alabama and Georgia neck and neck. With Well, LSU's in there too now. Mm-hmm. That. There aren't many wins in the league better than a win at Texas in that environment. So that was a pretty impressive performance by the Tigers. No, I agree with that. And I, I, I would add that, yes, LSU has the most impressive single win. But in terms of finding things that teams need to work on, 
I don't know that you can find that with Georgia. What did we talk about before the year? Wide receivers. Are they, who are they going to yeah. throw the ball to? There have been a whole bunch of them making plays, and they're still running the, the football great. Jake Fromm is still playing well. Their defense is shutting down everybody. I, I know it's a level of competition. I, I get that. But some of these other teams like LSU falling behind against Northwestern State and them throwing the ball around on them and uh, some of these other teams against lesser competition have looked vulnerable or not sharp against lesser competition. Georgia has taken care of their business. We'll see against bigger competition, but I, I kind of lean towards Georgia playing the best ball right now. John, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I've had Georgia at the top spot in my SEC power rankings since the start of the season, and that's just based on the projection that Alabama was already working with two youngsters at linebacker with what they had suffered injury-wise before the season even got here. Uh, I still think it's going to be one heck of a fight uh, when, in all likelihood, those two teams square off, and that's going to be something to see. But as you pose it, I, I would not disagree. I just think Georgia, across the board, is – just so sound and solid. Not that Alabama isn't, but I just think Georgia is a little bit more so. Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, Vince, you had a chance to uh, to be a part of what was a huge crowd last night, and, and we're just talking about from the station. <laughs> uh, how much fun did you guys have at the arena last night? Oh, it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. We're all into it, and depending on which wrestler would come out, sometimes the, all of us, all six of us, would would stand up we had our we had a road to ourselves so we'd stand up sometimes you know four guys would stay sitting down and then two would clap for one specific one and sometimes one of us would be the only one and it was just really interesting to see that yeah, everybody's rooting interest and great energy in there you saw all the great pieces with uh glenn jacobs knox county mayor and he he did different segments uh, with uh, uh with the wrestler in, in a, an angle there then he came out in his cane uh, uh, you know, uh, gimmick at the end, and it was just a lot of fun. Great energy in the building. We brought a a cane sign, which apparently uh, got on the USA broadcast on Monday Night Raw. So we were just uh, we were just having fun. It was a great group. Will Tyler, myself, and then from News Talk uh, ninety eight seven, Bobby Arborough, Landon Doan, and Chris Marion. So great group of guys, and it was a, a ton of fun. Well, if you would, give our listeners just a quick glimpse at the thumbnail sketch as to who joins us next. Yeah, we're going to talk to Steve Russell from WRUF in Gainesville. He is incredibly knowledgeable, has been covering the Florida Gators and worked on their network for a long time and in similar roles to you know what John has done and uh, at the Vol Network only for Florida. So you balance the talking about them on a daily basis with uh, covering them uh, with the network also. So very knowledgeable, and uh, we were going to talk more and learn more about the Florida Gators with Steve Russell from WRUF in Gainesville next. That's Vince Ferrara. I'm John Wilkerson with Jimmy Himes. Sports Talk Today is here at Carnes High School, which is uh, 2710 Byington Solway Road. We invite you out. You can get registered for the Ultimate Tailgate Camper. We'll have two qualifiers from today's registration. More with Vince Ferrara, and we look forward to being joined by Steve Russell next on Sports Talk.
Jimmy Hines. I'm John Wilkerson. Sports Talk today is at Carnes High School. A lot of big things going on at Carnes. Uh, not only, Jimmy, do you have a number of teams that are enjoying great success, um, but we, in fact, we look forward to catching up with Carnes baseball coach a little bit later in today's program. As you mentioned, uh, had a big-time player that uh, got signed a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. got drafted and tearing it up in minor league baseball. And uh, you got some other programs that are, are just killing it so we uh we are glad to be here as we're set up right up next to the football stadium uh, the soccer the bo- girl soccer team plays tonight and you can come on in and get registered for the ultimate tailgate camper and john a little over a year ago they put a player in the greater knoxville sports hall of fame jj mccleskey that's right and, sure uh, did was a five foot seven 165 pound walk on to tennessee that played both ways and and he legitimately played both ways he was a good defensive back and a good receiver and played in the NFL for eight or ten years. Saints and Cardinals are the two I remember. So, uh, yeah, uh, needed them to have this, and they've got the, a beautiful soccer field here, football stadium here. It's it's really a neat setting that they have. Uh, they've got uh, boys soccer was in the state tournament in the spring. So uh, they've done quite well in a variety of things, and they're also uh, looking at getting a multi-facility upgrade. They've also added new tennis courts here, yep. so they're going to be hosting a tennis match. So good for them. they got it going on at Carnes. They sure do. And so we're glad to be here today at Carnes High School. Our Vince Ferrara joins us for hour number two of the program, and we look forward to catching up here in a matter of moments with Steve Russell of WRUF. Uh, Vince, when you take a, a quick look at the matchup this weekend between Tennessee and Florida, um, how much do you factor in the, the noon kickoff uh, as far as perhaps being an equalizer uh, it, that you would put on the side of the underdog just for uh, when you're at home, it can be tough to marshal the forces for such an early kick. Yeah, I guess it, it would, uh, I guess, decrease the the adult beverages that could be intaken by kickoff time. So could Don't that... challenge the fan base that way. <laughs> in, I'm saying in theory it could. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge uh, accepted. Yeah. But I'm just staying up all night. If it was a real, <laughs> if it was a mismatch, like a you know non a pot group of a five versus a an SEC team, and you know they had the chance of overlooking them in addition to the early start, I would say. But in this situation, I would not put much stock into that. Vince, we're now joined by a very special guest. We are great friend of uh, of the show and of myself, and he's as knowledgeable as it comes on the Florida Gators, the SEC. Works for WRUF in Gainesville. He's on Twitter at Steve Russell eight fifty. Steve Russell joins us here on Sports Talk. Steve, Vince, John Wilkerson, Jimmy Himes here in Knoxville. How you doing, sir? That is as good a triumvirate as they come. It's really good to be here. <laughs> well, there goes. And, and just think how good the foursome is now that we have you on how with us. That? Yeah, now we got to go play 18. We're all set. There you go. There you go. Well, we obviously have to start with your viewpoint on Kyle Trask taking over for Felipe Franks. Good for Tennessee. Do you view this as more difficult? Uh, Oh, to be determined, worse for them, or easier for Tennessee. How do you view Kyle Trask now being the quarterback of the Gators? To be determined, but I, I will say this. I, I have been around Gator football. I'm doing a radio show for 20-plus years, and I, I don't remember a quarterback that has 
that's been as much maligned by Gator fans as Felipe Franks, even though his numbers are not bad numbers at all. But I was told, oh gosh, several weeks ago by a staff member that if Franks did go down, Kyle Trask would be the guy to come in, and that proved to be true. It's obvious in watching practices, fellas, that the ball comes out of his hand a lot quickly, more quickly than it does with Franks. He's much more decisive in where he throws the football. Now, we don't have a lot to go on. He's starting his first game Saturday since high school. So there's not a lot of tape on him, but he's not afraid. He came in in a hostile environment, did a really good job. Now, we'll see you know, for a full four-quarter game how he does, but I don't think this will be an issue where he'll be overwhelmed by being the starter. Do you think we'll see Emory Jones in any packages or any sort of rotation at all, or is it Kyle Trask's gig? Dan Mullen has been saying he's going to play both. Um, I find that a little bit hard to believe if Kyle Trask is on. In other words, if he goes and he does good things offensively, he runs well enough. You saw that in the Kentucky game. He, he did that great option where he threw the ball back and they got a touchdown. Then he ran where I think you and I could have run the ball in the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> he's not a, a physical runner by any means, but he's good enough. So if he's throwing well and he runs well enough, then I don't know why Emory Jones would play. But I will say this. In practice, he prop Mullen gives his quarterbacks more time with the ones than just about anybody I've ever seen. So once again, they work with these units. So it wouldn't shock me if Jones played a little bit, but I'm not sure why, depending on the tone of the game. Steve, would it be fair to say that that Trask might be the better passer, but Frank's the better runner of the two? Yeah, I think that's that's accurate. Um, you know, the, the players really, really respect and admire Franks. I think that showed the other night when he got hurt, you know, when they all went on the field. But they have a lot of confidence in Kyle Trask. And Trask is not loud or boisterous. He just kind of goes out there and does his work. And I think the team respects him for that. If you look at Franks' numbers last year, if you didn't put a name by his stats and you saw his touchdown-to-interception ratio, you would say, that's pretty good. But Gator fans have the memory of Felipe Franks as a freshman when he was just god-awful when McIlwain was there. So he doesn't really get benefit of the doubt. But in terms of release, getting rid of the ball, knowing where to go with it, because Franks gets the ball, looks once, and if something's not there, he kind of tends to run around. Trask will go through progressions, I think, better than Felipe Franks will. I thought LaMichael Pirine would be more productive thus far. So is that, uh, is that a product of the offensive line just not helping him uh, like it should? Because I thought he was a, a good running back last year. He is a good running back. But at the beginning of the year, you know, it, it's really funny. I got, I'm sure you guys get this all the time. Beginning of the summer, fans call and say, geez, this is going to be a really inexperienced offensive line. There's not a lot of people that are played. Well, then when the games start, and the inexperience shows it's what's wrong with the running game? What's wrong with the Michael P. Ryan? Well, what's wrong is the offensive line is not very experienced and was dominated on the line of scrimmage by Kentucky. But if you look at last year's game, Kentucky ran for 303 yards against Florida. They've got SEC dudes 
up front on both sides of the ball. But P. Ryan hasn't changed. He all of a sudden does become a bad running back. This offensive line has not yet opened up holes to where the running game is anywhere close to being consistent. Steve, the, the Gators are 3-0, and ninth in the AP, 8th in the coaches' poll. Is there any area in this matchup coming up Saturday in which you would give Tennessee the advantage against Florida? Well, Tennessee fans are probably going to hate me, <laughs> but I, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, t- Tennessee has had, I mean, at the quarterback position, you know, has Garantano played more than Trask? You know, maybe there just because of that. But, you know, Tennessee's got freshmen on the offensive line, and they've struggled a little bit. Uh, we all know what happened against Georgia State. Just, you know, didn't do well defensively. Now, I will say this, Florida's corners, Henderson is a maybe for this game. Zuniga up front is a maybe for this game. So the the corners were supposed to be so good have been victimized a little bit. But every once in a while, you have to give credit to the other team for making a play. And Kentucky's quarterback the other night made a couple of throws that were unbelievable throws. So from an experience standpoint with Garantano, I, I honestly don't know if Tennessee's got a position group because of all the youth on Tennessee where they'd have an advantage. You mentioned the secondary, and that was a unit that got hit so hard and from different directions. Uh, There's been injury. There's been dismissal and or departure. Uh, What do you think about that unit holding up over the long haul of the rest of the regular season and into the bowl season? Well, you know, you look at Florida's schedule and you think, okay, Who's going to scare you throwing the football? You know, I mean, I think Garantano is capable, but will he get time to throw? Will the running game help him out? Well, then you go Auburn, and they have, you know, Nick's a guy who we don't know how good he is yet. Holinsky at South Carolina looks like a pretty good player, but he's also a young player. So you look at that and you think, well, at Florida State, I mean, maybe at the end they'll be pretty good, but right now they're not. Uh, certainly LSU, the way that you know Burrow is playing, I think that would be a big test. But fortunately, Florida doesn't play a Kellen Mond or somebody of that nature. So if they stay healthy, they have a chance to hold up. Because Henderson's very, very good. You know, Most people think he's a first-round draft choice. Marco Wilson, I'm not sure if he's a first-rounder yet, but I think he's capable. But they can't afford any more injuries or suspension because they are not deep there at all. Steve, one area that I think Tennessee might be comparable to Florida is special teams. Jeremy Pruitt was very complimentary of Florida's special teams, especially their return game, and you you know they can always kick the football. What do you think about that matchup and potentially being a difference maker for either side? Well, I, I, I agree. I guess it's, you know, I, I don't know Tennessee's personnel in terms of cover teams and things like that. But McPherson missed a field goal the other night, but normally very reliable. Townsend's been really good. In this day and age, not many people return kickoffs because they mostly go in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I think Freddie Swain for Florida does a really good job in returning punts. But I do think that's an area where Tennessee is comparable. Florida's not had many big plays when it comes to that in terms of the return game and Kadarius Toney, you know, being out, he was one of the kick returners, but he's not going to play and he's dynamite with the ball in his hand. So I think Florida from a punting standpoint and from a place kicking standpoint, very solid. 
I think their other teams are okay, and they haven't they haven't created many turnovers off of that. And you know, Urban Meyer's teams always seem to do that in the special teams department. Mullen's not done as much of that. Is there anything else from a, a key standpoint in this game that you think is very important to the outcome of this ball game on Saturday? If Tennessee is to win this game, I think two things have got well. I mean, obviously you can't turn the ball over, so let's throw that out. Mm-hmm. One, if Tennessee has a strength, it may be in the receivers. You know, Jennings and that group is pretty good. But can Garantano get time to throw? I think that is going to be key. If he gets time to throw, then maybe that group can do some damage. That's number one. Number two, can Tennessee run it enough? It's been inconsistent, I think. I think you guys would agree with that. But is it can they run it enough to where down and distance-wise they, they can do some things, play action, and create some things offensively? And then on the other side of the ball, can, can Florida – with Trask, maintain what they've been doing. Because, look, they haven't run the ball. And, and if that doesn't get straightened out, then, then Florida will not be not be a top-10 team. You can't keep winning like this and not run the ball with some regularity. So if Tennessee stops the run, gets Trask into, you know, third and eight, you know, second and nine, and their offensive line gives Garantano time, that may give Tennessee a shot. Steve, one quick final follow-up, and we'll wrap things up. Teams that have yeah. run successfully against Florida, has it been on the perimeter? Has it been between in the A-gaps? Where has it been? Because Tennessee's success recently has been running outside uh, outside the tackles more so than inside. Where's been the success against Florida's run defense? Uh, if I had to really pinpoint a position, uh, Florida's been pretty good against the run, but Inside, I've been a little bit concerned with Florida's run defense. I thought they would be better. Now, you know, Zuniga is known as a pass rusher, and we all know what Todd Grantham does. He kind of does some exotic things defensively, but I would say inside is where Tennessee's got to make their living. And look, every once in a while, can you get something outside and get some yards? Yes, but I think down in and down out, they're going to have to do some damage inside. Florida's been a little bit vulnerable to that again. Last year, go back to Kentucky dominated the line of scrimmage. Even though Florida, David Reese had 16 tackles, SEC Defensive Player of the Week, and they stuffed Kentucky on some third and ones and fourth and ones, Kentucky still ran the ball, not great, but decently, sort of four yards, five yards at a time. That's what Tennessee had. To, they're not going to get many chunk plays, I don't think, but if they can consistently move chains, get good downs and distances, they've got a chance. Steve Russell, WRUF in Gainesville. Great insight at Steve Russell, 850. Steve, we'll see you in Gainesville. Thanks so much for your insight. Great to talk to you. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Steve. And so we will get a break. When we return, one more segment with Vince Ferrara, and that will bring an end to our number two of Sports Talk with Jimmy Himes and John Wilkerson. We're here at Carnes High School. Come get registered for the Ultimate Tailgate Camper. We'll have two qualifiers from today's registration. Another segment with Vince next on Sports Talk. Turn us up and embarrass the Alabama fan that sits in the next cubicle. This is 99.1 The Sports Animal. Yeah. 
the hour always passes so quickly. Vince Ferrara joining us for hour number two of Sports Talk today. Vince, there is so much that's available to listeners day in, day out at sportsradiownml.com. That's why you always encourage them to go ahead and make it a part of their daily routine as uh, not only has there been practice coverage with all kinds of video, interviews, things like that, but you're going to be on the road this weekend covering Tennessee's trip to Gainesville and the SEC opener. Yeah, we'll have similar coverage to what we normally do for the home games. We'll have that on the road in Gainesville for you on Saturday. So make sure you stop by the website, follow us on all our social media platforms, and make it a regular stop each and every day. Tons of interviews, videos, audio, and blogs, just a long list of things that you can find on a daily basis, including all the players that spoke to the media today and our player avail for the Florida preview. And hard to believe, but we start the second month of high school football on Friday, and you get to go to the jungle and see Powell host Clinton. Yeah, no doubt. Undefeated Powell team. They're among the better uh, teams in the area, so looking forward to seeing how they stack up uh, against Clinton and compared to those other really good teams. It should be a lot of fun. Don Mahoney doing a great job as my color analyst, so we'll, we'll bring the action on Friday night. And uh, and Jimmy announced the breakout player of the week last week, and you got to see that firsthand. Incredible, Trey Foster counting for eight touchdowns for AE. He had only he only had sixteen completions going into the game in his first three games, and then had just one of the more amazing individual player performances I've ever seen. Passing for three touchdowns, rushing for five. Uh, it just un untackle. Uh, he could not be tackled. Just uh, no answer for him. Just incredible. Well, Vince, we certainly appreciate your time each Tuesday, and have a great call Friday. And we'll talk to you again soon. You do the same. In fact, you'll be on Friday. I will. I will. You'll so, be on Sports Talk on Friday since I get to uh, venture down to McCauley. Yeah, one of those uh, typical short road trips for a Catholic, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, sure to appreciate it. That's Vince Ferrara. You can get Vince's views with his blog, and it's updated several times throughout the course of the week uh, at sportsradio.wnml.com.